three. In uh, Exodus 1 and 2, uh, we learn about Moses and the special calling uh, on his life, called out of the Nile, and then he runs away uh, after killing um, an Egyptian, and uh, he gets married, has a family. Moses is now a shepherd, and we're going to pick up our story in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and I'll, I'll see this strange sight, why this bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. In verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where, uh, where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave, uh, slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing me. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to them, I am who I am. And at this, Moses says, oh, thanks for clarifying. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am sent me to you. Even more clarity, right? Verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they appeared to me and said, I have 
watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and, I, and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will, go, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a, a snake and ran from it. And he ran from it, as we all should. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail, which is a bad idea because they can circle back and nab you. So Moses reached out, he took a hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. The Lord said, is, is so that this, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, Isaac and Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So put it, his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you and will teach you what to say. But Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you. And he will be glad to see you. You will speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Let's pray.
God, you called Moses. You called him in the midst of him working in his everyday life, shepherding in the middle of a desert, that you would call him and declare to him that you hear the voices of those who are crying out to you, that you are a faithful and loving God, that you remember your covenants and your promises. God, as you revealed yourself to Moses, I'd ask that you would reveal yourself to us now through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through your Spirit. Lord, that as we get glimpses of you and your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your love, as we understand you more and more of your identity and what it means that you are the great I am, God, stir in our hearts compassion, stir in our hearts the, uh, compassion and kindness and love for those who are crying out to you today. Lord, that we would minister to and love those who are hurting and suffering, that we would announce and proclaim that there is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that you are the God over all of Israel, you're the God over us. We are adopted by you and loved by you, that we have a place in your family. God, as you have called each of us, we pray today that you would stir in our hearts again a desire to serve you, a desire to walk with you, Lord, in the compassion and kindness and the spirit to do so. We love you and we open our hearts and our minds to you now. We ask that your spirit would guide us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. I felt the need to read the whole story because there's a lot of moving parts to it. So thank you for bearing with me to read through uh, three and a half, or two and a half, one and a half chapters. They, they only teach you one math class at Great Lakes Christian College, which is a plug for Great Lakes. Like, if you don't like math, like, you really, I took college algebra, a three-credit course, and that was it. That's all you need for a degree from Great Lakes. So just putting a plug in there for you. Uh, it's also a great institution, but bes besides that. So, uh, Thank you for bearing with me, but you need to have this sort of whole story of what's going on. You need to know that God is interacting with Moses, and there's these special sort of things happening within the text. We have Moses, who is sort of surprised to be like, oh, there's a, there's a burning bush right there in front of me. I'm going to go check it out. And it's like, Moses, Moses, you know, and he uses his name twice to get his attention, uh, as he should, and, and he takes off his sandals or his shoes, you know, he's probably wearing Crocs that day, and uh, and he goes, to, he goes before God and is into his holy presence. And he knows, like, I'm not supposed to be, like, looking at this. Like, what are we doing here? And God offers him his name. Like, who am I supposed to say has sent me? And he says, well, tell him I am sent you. And, and what that word, we, we translate that word, uh, when you're reading through your Bible and you see all capitals Lord, uh, that is Yahweh. That's the, that's the word of the Lord. That's the name of the Lord. And it's this name that will be made known throughout all of creation. Like, this is the name we're going to lift up from generation to generation. Now, what I want to pay attention to is really this sort of give and take between Moses and God. Like, okay, you want me to go and do this, but um, I, I am not very good at speaking. And God's like, well, guess what? I'm going with you. I give all the mouths to speak. I'm the one that gave you the ability to speak. I'm going to help you with this. And then he's, uh, he's like, well, that's great. Um, 
how are people going to believe me? And he said, well, here, let me show you what I can do. And he does the cloak thing and the snake thing and, and uh, you know, really uh, just these incredible things and turning the Nile into blood. And it's like, okay, that should be all it, right? Moses should be all in. Like if, if it were you hanging with God on the mountain, you would be all in, right? Like this is pretty incredible what you're witnessing. Like you think, okay, I'm on the mountain with God. He's showing me all these things. He's telling me he's going to be present with me. He goes through all of this. And Moses gives the response. Please send someone else. At this, it's kind of like, like what does God do at this point? Like, okay, I'm done with you, man. Like, that's how we would have probably reacted. But, but Moses says, please send someone else. And here's what I want you to pay attention to that I think is really uh, important, is God isn't angry with the questions. Like, God doesn't get angry with Moses saying, well, who are you and what's your name? Like, God doesn't get upset at that. God doesn't get upset at him saying, I'm not very good at speaking, and you're going to send me in front of Pharaoh. I don't know how that's going to go. Like, God, I've been hanging out in the middle of nowhere, not talking to anyone for good reason. Don't send me. I don't have the ability to speak like the eloquent speakers of the world. And God says, I got that handled. Like, God handles all of the questions, and he's not angry at a single one of his personal doubts. He's not angry at any of this sort of hesitation, the sense of inadequacy or insufficiencies in Moses. God isn't upset at all. His anger doesn't come until he says, God, please send someone else. Then his anger burns, and that's when Aaron comes into the story. Had me thinking about uh, thinking about this sort of tension, and there's some things I, I think that we can learn from from Moses and his call. You know, Moses uh, he kind of sets the stage, but over and over again, Jeremiah he was a hesitant prophet. He's he was like, well, I don't I don't know what to say, and God's like, well, don't worry about that. I'll give you what to say, and he sort of nudges them along. We know how Jonah reacted. He was kind of like, God, please send someone else. And he goes so far as to say, I'm heading out of town today, God. You know, it's like, I, I don't really want to participate. And so it, it actually sort of reveals to me the sort of character in which God uses people. God uses a shepherd who's really on the run. You know, God... God beckons a shepherd who has a past that he wants to hide from, and he says, hey, I'm going to use you. And there's something important to that. Uh, I have said from this pulpit that your greatest ability is your availability, you know, that you just sort of show up and, and God will take care of the rest. And I sort of look at this text and I wonder if that's actually true in this instance, that, our, that Moses' greatest ability is, in fact, in his greater sense of his own inability. That he is so filled with personal doubt that he would say to God, in the midst of all of that, God, send someone else. That 
Moses is one that God would use in a mighty way, yet he's still sort of rejecting even being used. And I think about that in my own life. Um, I've lost count of the times in which I felt God was calling me to do something, and I say, send someone else. Send someone else, God. I have had enough. You know when you have those I'm peopled out kind of days? And then there's one more person that you're supposed to like be an encouragement to. You know, like, God, not today. That's not happening. Or there's this sense of this purpose or this calling that God might be calling you to something different. And it's kind of like, yeah, that might be great and all, but God, but, but send someone else. Maybe you have lost count yourself how many different times you've said to God, send someone else. And if you are like me, then it feels like sometimes God is sort of like done with us then. Or why would God want to use us? If we have this sort of storied past of sort of being unreliable servants in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ. Is it fair to say that all of us at one point or another, we have felt a sense to tell God, send someone else? I don't think I want you to use me today. I'm calling in sick. God, with Moses, reveals that this is the exact posture in which God uses people for his greatest glory. It is curious to me that God has called an insecure shepherd with a past that he's hiding from. It is curious to me that God doesn't go to another pharaoh another mighty king, another wise sage, and say, hey, I have a special task for you. I want you to go into Egypt, you mighty warrior, you mighty commander, you strategic thinker, you well-accomplished person, you with the credentials, you with the resources, you with the friends, you with the power, you go and you take on Pharaoh. You set my people free. He reaches out to a man filled with so much self-doubt, so much inadequacy, so many insecurities, so many fears, and he says to you, I have a special task for you to go. One who in the midst of the revelation of all of God's character, not all of, but much of God's character and God's own testimony of who he is and his faithfulness and his power, and he still has the audacity to say, send someone else. Send someone else. This is the person who God calls. And when I think about that, I think, gee, there might be a chance for me yet. That as many times as I have felt like God sends someone else, God is still using people like you and me. And I don't have enough time to be your psychologist this morning to think of all the stories that are that are feeding into each of our insecurities today. But I do know that each and every one of us are filled with self-doubt and insecurities and wonder why God would ever want to use any one of us for for his calling. But I promise you, God is still in the business of recruiting insecure people who are, who are, who feel like they are inadequate to do incredibly, incredible things because this is how it works. Moses will go to Egypt. Moses will go and he will proclaim 
set my people free. Let God's people go. And there will be not a single doubt about who is responsible for the deliverance of God's people. It isn't Moses. It isn't Aaron. It is the power of God's mighty hand that will deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And when God uses insecure, broken people like you and me, there is no doubt about who gets the glory and who gets the praise for when lives are restored. Well, it's Jordan's great sermons, isn't it? No. (laughs) All right, don't strike me, God. It was sarcasm. It is abundantly clear that it is God's power, it is God's spirit, it's God's advocate, it is God working in the lives of people that changes lives. It's what changed your life. It's what set you free. And so God uses broken vessels to show that it is his power, it is his might, it is his mighty hand, it is for his glory, it is for his splendor, it is for him that lifts people out of the darkness, out of slavery to sin, out of death. It is God who delivers. There's no doubt who does the miracles in this arrangement. And so we just say to God, Send me and use me and let me be a mouthpiece of your glory and your love and your splendor and your healing grace. One other thought from our text this morning. There is a special moment when, God, when Moses says, send someone else. And it's an interaction with God, you know, send someone else. And maybe right there in that moment, God was thinking, just you wait. I will send someone else. And you'll do this small favor for me right now, but I will send someone else. In fact, I will send my son. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll send my son and and he will be also the lamb in which I rescue you. And and his blood will speak a better uh, word of peace and forgiveness. And it won't just be his blood that's spread over the door frames. It will be his blood spread over the fabric of every human heart. That God would send someone else. That he would send himself through his son, Jesus Christ. That he would redeem and save. And he would not just deliver the Israelites out of Egypt, but he would deliver all humankind out of slavery to sin and death. God would send someone else. God would send himself, Jesus, to rescue and save. And he would send someone to speak not just to Pharaoh, but to every emperor, to every ruler, to every king who thinks that they are something. And he would show himself to be king of kings and lord of lords. The Lord would send himself and show himself to be mightier and greater than any king. The Lord would send himself to rescue and save and to die to deliver us from sin and evil. And what he says then is, to each and every one of us, you are free. You have life in God. You are forgiven and rescued. And I think he invites us then to take our stories and take all of the times that we feel like maybe we're out of commission, we 
haven't done our jobs and gives us all of this sense of grace. That today, friends, you get to be God's story. You get to share God's truth. You get to share the hope of life and freedom in Jesus Christ. God sent his son, and now he's sending you. Go be a beacon of light and truth and love. He's sending you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for time together. For the shame, for the frustration, for the guilt, for the things that we have allowed to keep us from feeling like we have a place in your kingdom, a place of service in your family. God, I I thank you that today that a sense of our own inability is something that you get to use with great splendor and glory. God, you take our humility and you do something with it. And so we come to you then with our pride, we come to you with our ego, we come to you with the things that we have propped up in our life. God, and we lay it all before you and we ask God, Lord, filled with our inadequacies, filled with all of our sense of self-doubt, And we just offer ourselves to you today, Lord, and say, please use us for your glory and your splendor. Help us to be a humble mechanic going into work tomorrow, that we could be your servant. Help us to be a humble teacher tomorrow and be patient and kind and loving to our students. Help us to be a patient and loving and kind bus driver or friend. Help us, Lord, to be patient and loving and kind and gracious nurse to love on our patients well and to care for them. Lord, help us to be a good friend to someone who's in need. God, help us to have a sense of every moment opportunities to be your witness, to share of your love, to share of your grace. Lord, that to have a deep sense of your calling in every aspect and every moment of our life whether we're at work or with our family or with our friends or with a stranger or just walking through mire. God, give us a sense of your calling. Lord, that we know that sometimes we will tell you it's time to send someone else and let that be a reminder that you did send someone for us in this very moment that Christ is our Lord and our Savior, that your spirit goes with us just as you promised Moses to go with him, you promised to go with us. So comfort us, Lord. Open us, Lord, to your call each day. Help us to have ears to hear, a heart of obedience, willing hands and willing feet, to work and love and to care for people and lift up those who are hurting. Lord, let us hear the voices of those who are crying out to you and they don't even know it. Lord, they're going through so many difficult things, family that have passed away, family that has uh, ostracized them, jobs that are lost, things that are just broken and falling apart in their lives. Lord, let us be a voice that tells them that you hear them and you love them and we're here on your behalf. God, send your church out to love and minister and point people to the hope of heaven.
the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of restoration and new life, the hope of forgiveness of sins. God, we want to point them to you. We love you. We open our hearts to you now. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.